Well, our moms think we're funny. We are recording, by the way. <laughs> are we now? Yes. <laughs> well, that sucks. I was going to do like a really special opening, but now I can't. Oh, well, I mean, we, we still can. I can just edit all this out. No, nah, that's fine. Okay. Just checking out OK Go. <laughs> OK Go! Thank you, Quicksilver! I can't move! <laughs> you will not escape. You will be the one escaping. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want that. I want all the dialogue from that uh, Captain America and the Avengers or whatever like yeah. video game. I just want all that all put together so I can just listen to it whenever I want. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very special. Mm. Uh, so, uh, I just want my text notification to be foot dive, foot dive. <laughs> uh, kind of like, off topic, but spider swing, spider <laughs> swing. Um, so uh, Akomi, hey, hey, what would we like to welcome everybody to? Uh, to their worst nightmare. That's right. <laughs> and ninja with a gun. No, wait, no, sorry. That's that, <laughs> that's a line from Forty Eight Hours. <laughs> um, I thought you were cured of saying any and all forms of that word. <laughs> um, uh, it turned out the cure didn't take. It was experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, when that happens. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, what would we like to welcome everyone to? Uh, to our moms think we're funny. Yes. Uh, as always, I am your host, Turk182. And I'm a Comey. I'm the help. <laughs> we did a podcast, and I hail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so, Comey, what, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, last time we were recording, you brought up a pretty interesting prop, so I thought we could do that, which is... Um, if you could live in the world of one of Quentin Tarantino's movies, which movie would it be? And uh, I, I thought that was a pretty interesting one because it seems like most of Tarantino's movies take place in the same universe, for, for the most part. But um, I, I think you were referring specifically to, like, which specific movie. Right. So, Which, I, which specific u- movie universe? Because yeah. the movie universes, even though they're all slightly connected... Mm-hmm. Um, I think in like some way what was it he said that Kill Bill is a movie that they watch and yeah. like some of this, but I'll tell you, um do do you have a do you have one that just just leaping off the top of your head that you know that you're like, this is the one I want to be in or Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so I'll let you go before I start getting into my, my kind of breakdown of different things. Okay. Um I would want to be in the world of Kill Bill. Really? Yeah, because it seems like um I mean, like, pretty much any Tarantino movie you're going to be in, and, you know, that this is this is the kind of... I always talk about survival when we talk about these kind of hypotheticals, but it seems like in any Tarantino movie, you stand a pretty good chance of dying, because even if you look at something like Pulp Fiction, where it's like, well, as long as you're not directly connected to crime, you probably aren't going to be in a lot of danger there, but you still can, like, randomly walk into a pawn shop, and then they're just going to chain you down and rape you. Right. So it's like, well, you know, if it's going to be something like that, then at least a world like Kill Bill... It's kind of this, you know, it's kind of this high fantasy for martial arts. And so you stand a pretty good chance of not only having access to pretty good martial arts, but you can also learn some pretty good martial arts. And martial arts fascinate me. So I, I think I think if I were going to do one of Tarantino's films, it would probably be that. That's interesting. Because, you know, you mentioned Pulp Fiction there and, and, you know, the pawn shop. And the thing is, we don't we don't know anything about um, about the Gimp. We right. assume that he's there willingly. 
But he could be suffering from a severe case of Stockholm Syndrome. He, he could just be. come in there one day and be like, hey, uh, do you guys be interested in buying this stereo? Next thing you know, he's back in Russell's old room. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> whoops, sucks to be you. So, yeah, I can I can definitely see why that would not be appealing to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm kind of I'm kind of torn here. So, um, uh, and like, well, I mean, just like, I just everything else just seems like you know, like I said, all the worlds seem dangerous. But I don't know because you've you've got the movie he did for uh, for Grindhouse, which I can never remember was. Um. Oh, so I guess we should talk. So, uh, previously when we were recording, we were um, we were uh had. Batman vs Superman is our background movie. Yeah, and I and I changed uh, I changed it to the ending of the movie Penitentiary Two, uh, which is a which is a black I don't even know if you call it black but it's just a low budget like <laughs> black cinema movie from the seventies. Yeah, I wasn't even paying attention to what you pulled up. So, but the reason I the reason I turned to this particular point right here is because I want you to see Mr. T ah. as a genie wearing those genie pants. <laughs> That's fantastic. And you see, like you see his little genie helpers there. One of yeah. them has a lamp. Yeah, I yeah. wondered why this chick was carrying around a lamp, but I didn't see Mr. T at the time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, because like you've you've got like what was it with the genie pants? <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> He's got the genie shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. Mr. T's a hell of a guy. I like Mr. T a lot. Oh shit. Uh, Ernie Hudson's in here too. <laughs> and, and let's not forget the midget. <laughs> Uh, his name is Tony something. I can't I can't remember his last name. <laughs> it's Tony the Midge. He he was in um I'm gonna get you sucker. Oh, yeah. uh, he's one of the Evans family. He was, okay. He was, yeah. <laughs> it's like family midges is a gang. Um <laughs> and uh, he's also um uh, in um Me, Myself and Irene. Okay. Oh yeah, with the nunchucks. Yeah, he's the one that, that, <laughs> that runs off with the wife. What'd you say to me? <laughs> Lift versus drag <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, but yeah, no, so because like you've got the thing he did for Grindhouse, which I can Tony never. Tony Fox. Oh, okay. Because I can never remember what that movie's called. It's like it's Planet Terror. What was Tarantino's movie in Grindhouse? Uh, no, he did um Death Proof. I'm um, Thunderbolt. He did Thunderbolt. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez did Planet Terror. That's right. That's right. Shit, I cannot believe I got that mixed up. Yeah, and Quentin Tarantino did. Thunderbolt, aka Deathproof. Yeah, which uh, Deathproof I actually really liked. Was, but then Deathproof is fantastic. Yeah, you also have the whole stuntman Mike thing, which I guess he only really targeted women. So holy shit, I think that was Ernie Hudson behind the the guy with the microphone wearing a blonde wig and sunglasses. <laughs> nice. Uh, I hope so. Uh, um. Uh you got Reservoir Dogs, which would just be a terrible world full of crime. I do not want to live in a world of Django Unchained. No, not at all. No, no, no. There are so many things wrong with that world that uh, that I just, I just have to say no. Yeah, no, just like any of his like Western-based stuff. I mean, it's all just uh, like it's just like lawlessness to the extreme. It's like even worse than the actual Old West would be. Not to mention just like the rampant slavery and all that. Just a just a bad scene all around. So, but yeah, no, like Kill Bill, as dangerous as it is and as terrible as the people are, uh, to me, it's a very captivating world. And it wouldn't be like so different than living in any martial arts film. I think one of the things, the intriguing things about about uh, Kill Bill is, like you said, you where you know, something like martial arts and or being an assassin is so, I guess, not ordinary, but it's just so 
regular in that world. These things mm-hmm. just happen. That you could, if you wanted to, be like, hey, I'm going to just become an assassin or become a martial arts like you know champion. Yeah, it's like you're, you're bound to have heard of some wizened old sensei who will train you. But I think one of the greatest things about that that would make me want to live in that world would be the fact that you can carry a ninja sword in an airplane. Yeah. Not only that, but you can sit it in the seat next to you like, no, I'm sorry, this seat's taken. (laughs) (laughs) That. (laughs) And I I would love to have a Hattori Hanzo sword. Mm. That would be pretty great. Yeah, so I, I like that the world of Kill Bill is exactly like our world, just with like a slight tweak to it. I mean, there's right. no major changes to it. If you did not know any of those people, you would not know that uh, that that the world was any different than the world we know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's. But it, but you know, no. If you were ever introduced to those people, then you would see this like slight distortion in the regular world. Right. Yeah. But other, other than that, you you would know. I mean, have, as far as we know, we could be living in a Kill Bill world right now. Right. But we just don't know a member of like you know the Deadly Vipers Assassination Squad. Um, but I guess in that world too, there's probably another like uh, assassination squad like that, which mm-hmm. would be Fox Force Five. Oh yeah, that's right. Um. Or, or maybe maybe Fox Force Five was the inspiration for you know them. Uh, who knows? Yeah, they they explain. I've seen that explained, but I don't know if it was like an official explanation or just a theory. Oh no, Mister T's about to throw down with snow cone. Uh, Attorney Hudson. Huh? I told you he had the wig on the glasses. <laughs> Did you turn your back on me, sucker? Uh, <laughs> so, um, um. So that that is intriguing. I can see why that would be of interest to you. The Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, is just it's the world we live in right now. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. It, yeah. But we just happen to know a story about these criminals. Just like watching a Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is really not much different either. It's just another world where these things happen. Um, Jackie Brown is kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not really you're not really getting anything different there. Now, if we were going to be, I guess, one of those people or someone that would be kind of like, uh, like in that world, like playing a major part in that world, right. my my choice might be a little bit different. Yeah. But the one that I think would be the most interesting to me, the one that would be the most interesting to me, would be Inglorious Bastards, which is the only one I haven't seen. So I I don't feel like I can comment on that intelligently. Well, so this is why. In Inglorious Bastards, America wins the war by killing Hitler and all his lieutenants <laughs> in a movie theater. Hmm. So they're all wiped out, which means that the world that appears after that is much different than the world that we know right. that was crafted after doing all this stuff. For all we know, in that world, there was never a Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Hmm. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have needed to be the world. The war would have ended. Or maybe Japan would have fought harder and would have done something else. But... That right there is what makes like everything that happens after that is completely different than the world we know. Yeah. And I'd be curious to see because that would be interesting. In some ways it would be better, but in some ways it would be worse because we wouldn't get like things like Operation Paperclip. Right, yeah. Which means that there's so much science and stuff that we wouldn't that wouldn't carry over. Right, right. So that would put us behind in some of those uh, some of those fields. Um but at the same time, there's also a a um, a lack of loss of life 
Is that right? right? Yeah. That, you know, we would get... So that also the, means the population would be much higher. Uh, and if, if let's say, because of that, we don't get a Hiroshima or Nagasaki, mm-hmm. we also have a completely different, like, um, we don't we don't get Godzilla. Right. We don't get Akira. We don't get any manga, really, because the manga industry was shaped by the American occupation in Japan. So, so what we would get from that would be much different. I think that we might still get animation, but maybe be like different. I mean, like the stories would be different. Yeah, so they wouldn't be shaped by that. Yeah, you wouldn't have those 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 female like protagonists either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that would just make like the martial arts film industry stronger in Japan. Uh, I think the manga industry would be totally different too, because like you know, manga is such an accepted part of Japan. We've talked about that. That. Uh, you know, like, you, you can be a manga artist for pretty much anything. It's like, if, if I decide, oh, I just want to make comics for salarymen to read on the bus ride home, you, you have a market for that in Japan. Whereas, you know, you could never do that kind of thing in America. And I think if it weren't for the bombs, that, that just wouldn't happen. So what we might get is, like you said, like you would just have more martial arts films. So it means we would have more, I think, martial arts films that would be, um, that would be uh, more like sword and sorcery kind of uh mm-hmm. uh directed um so you'd have more of like ninja scroll kind of stuff and you would have less of your um your uh uh sci-fi kind of things mm-hmm. i was gonna name a couple of things but you know most of my most of the sci-fi the uh anime that i like is our older stuff from like the 80s and 90s right right um because i was gonna say something like bubblegum prices or whatever but even still those are some of the earliest forms of, of that you wouldn't have like that, but I think you would have more. Um, you would have more Miyazaki. Yeah, that yeah. style would be would be much more prevalent. Just just more of an appreciation for beauty in life, because mm-hmm. I mean that's definitely what Miyazaki's films are about. I, I think there would be a lot more like Japanese movies that would be closer along the lines of something like Old Boy, and would just kind of fit like that South Korean film style of like. You know, we're, we're just going to focus on telling a really interesting story rather than, you know, essentially like a lot of escapist fantasy and sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that would be pretty interesting, which, you know, we've we've like loosely discussed the whole Hiroshima Nagasaki thing. And I've kind of given my stance on that. But um, I mean, like G- General MacArthur and uh, several other like prominent World War II uh, military leaders for America have made statements about the issue they have with having dropped the bombs when and where they did. So, yeah, that, that you know, knowing that, that does make me very interested in that world. So, so yeah, and you may even have, a, like, a difference in, like, um, all, all the people that, uh, that died in the Battle of Wake Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, those boys are going to a certain death. They knew it. None of them have any illusions about leaving that island alive. Yeah. So he gave the watch to a gunner by the name of Wanaki, a man he never <laughs> met before, to deliver to his infant son, who he never seen in the flesh, his watch. Long pause. <laughs> this watch. So, but yeah, so I, I think that would be, because all the other worlds, you know, they're, they're different and, you know, Different, they're different from ours, but they're different from ours as far as a perspective goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. So then, let let me inverse the question a little bit here and say, well, let's say that you were actually a lead character in one of those stories. How would that affect your decision? A lead character? Yeah. 
And what and how would you handle the scenario and situations differently than that lead character? Hmm. See, that's a tough one because that that opens it up. Like, which one would I want to be in? Where I want to do things a little bit differently? Right. Yeah. Because uh, this movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> it looks really bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I'm just like it's just all in the background. This this film is for my parents. I think I would call my son and be like, "No, no, don't, don't, don't mention me in your piece of shit movie." You probably know, really. mom and dad. <laughs> this is you dedicated this to me. This you dedicated to me. No, thank you. Try harder, son. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, God, that would be that's so hard. Uh, cause. Reservoir Dogs. I don't think there's anything I would do differently uh, with that. So, like, who would I want to play? There's, I wouldn't want to play Mr. Blonde because Mr. Blonde is a psychopath, right? M- Mr. Pink is a pussy. <laughs> a little uh, bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's looking out for. I mean, so Mr. Pink. I will say this: he is. He he, he's just a thief. There's nothing special about him. He's just a thief. You, as far as you know, he's not even technically a good thief. Right. And he just looks out for himself. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. So so to say that he's a pussy or whatever, nah, not really. He just He's just kind of a selfish guy that does whatever he wants and doesn't really care about things, which is kind of like in the opening scene where he's doing the whole, you know, the tipping and all that kind of stuff. All he really cares about is himself. And the whole time he's like, yeah, I thought about not even coming here. I was just going to leave here. And he's like, he's like, let's leave. Let's do this. And like, what about the cops? Yeah, no, fuck them. You know, we, we just go. Um, so Mr. White, there's nothing about Mr. White that, that he does technically wrong. Yeah. Um, cause even in the end when, okay, so spoiler alert, uh, I'll give people a minute here. Even in the end when he kills Mr. Orange, mm-hmm. like I don't... I don't necessarily know that he did anything, like, bad. I mean, like, okay, yeah, I wouldn't kill him. And I know why he did it. I know why he felt that, um, why he felt kind of betrayed at that point. But there's nothing he had done before that, mm-hmm. which was a bad, a bad move. He, he, he believed in him. He's trying to take care of this guy. He got shot in the stomach, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff there. Nothing about his life would change well, he'd still be alive, but his life wouldn't have been benefited in any way if he had let him live. Right, he still right. would have gone to prison. He still would have done time. All, all, you know, all that stuff. You know, he he was he was caught no matter what. Right. Yeah. And by letting him live, wouldn't have changed anything. He wouldn't have given any mercy or anything. So his his, his life was pretty much over. And the fact that he decided to take him with him when he died, because he felt betrayed by him, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, but in that moment. Could you really have felt any other way? Plus, he'd already been shot in the gut by Joe, or no, not by Joe, um, by uh, a nice guy Eddie. Yeah, yeah. So nice guy shot him, and plus he had killed Joe, and so all that stuff. Um, it's like you, you, you were done for no matter what, right? No matter yeah. how it went, you were done for. So I can't really see changing anything there. And then Orange, the whole reason Orange's in that position right there is because when they, because uh, when the woman shot him. You know, he instinctively just shot her, which is such a great scene. Yeah. Because the minute he does it, he just, you know, he's got that, that realization of like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You yeah. know, but he just wasn't, he was, wasn't thinking. Um, and here's the thing. I mean, I don't drive the best cars in the world. Even if I did, if someone grabbed me, it's like, get out of the car. Okay. 
Right. If they would grab me with like, scoot over, we're taking this car. I'd be like, uh, yeah, I might try to pull out my gun and shoot them. But if like, get out of the car, I'm taking this car. By all means. Yeah. You know? So, so I'm not, I'm not going to shoot them and be like, you're not taking my car. Right. You know? Uh, be like, no, no, fine. As long as you're not trying to take me with you and I don't have like any babies in the back seat or whatever. <laughs> I have a child. <laughs> I got one too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, I, so like I said, Pulp Fiction, I don't really know. Like, yeah, even, even like, uh, even Jules, I wouldn't want to be Jules. Like, I wouldn't want to be Butch. I wouldn't want to be Vincent. I wouldn't want to be Marcellus. I wouldn't want to be Jules. Um, I wouldn't. There's really not a good situation. In no, it. there's yeah. not. There's, there's nobody there that really kind of. You wouldn't want to be Mia. No. Um, I don't want to OD. I don't want to be Lance. You want to be the gimp? Just spend all your time sleeping in a box? Yeah, until until someone wants to, like, you know, anally rape me. You know. Starring Mustache? It's just yeah. an actor in this movie named Mustache, no last name? Oh, come on. Even if your name was like Mustache Jones, would you really even bother using it, Jones? <laughs> you know I mean, it could pre- be Mustache Hawthorne Smith, and you would still just go by just straight Mustache, because everything else just sounds fucking stupid. I would just like, go by the stash. Oh, yeah, like just plain old Mustache doesn't sound stupid. Okay, all right, so here it is. I'd, I'd go with the stash. What's your name? Mustache Hawthorne Smith. Or, what's your name? Mustache. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, then it just sounds made up. It just sounds bad. What movie is this? this we even Avalanche. Know? Avalanche, okay. That that fake town there looks so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, it just like... It would be worse if your name was like Mustache Hawthorne Smith the Third. Yeah. Like, oh my God. What's, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> okay, you didn't learn you, your lesson after the first one? You know who I would want to be in Pulp Fiction? Hmm. The Wolf. Oh, yeah, he solves problems. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he does his job well. He's respected. Nothing backfires on him. Nothing fucks him up. He he goes there. He does his job. He has a nice cup of coffee, some serious gourmet shit. Yeah. Now, and he goes home. Um, okay, so I do have I do have one problem with that. Um I do uh I do have one problem with that, which is when they call him, it's what, like, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And he's at, like, some kind of, like, reception or whatever. Like, dude, I am not getting up and putting on a suit <laughs> at, like, 7 o'clock in the morning to go hang out with a bunch of people. Some kind of cocktail party. Now, and it didn't, it didn't, doesn't seem like they've been there all night. It's like, like, it's just starting at right. that time of day. I'm like, nope, nope, sorry. I'm not getting up that early and getting on some suit for that. I, but, I, I can't, I can't do it. But for as good as he is, you know that, like, that one job of cleaning up that mess, that's probably enough to live extremely comfortably on for, like, four or five months. Probably. And he's got an expensive lifestyle. You know who I absolutely wouldn't want to be? Absolutely, hands down, would not want to be? Who? Tony Rocky Horror. The guy who did the foot rub? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, sometimes I stutter right now, but it's only when I have like so much that I'm trying to say. But uh, I don't want to stutter because I might have a like a piece of glass from my greenhouse lodge in the back of my skull. <laughs> uh, where are we at here? Is it break uh, time? It probably is. Uh, 25 minutes, yeah. Let's yeah, do I it. think it's a good time for a break. 
So, and then we'll get back to talking about some more about Pulp Fiction. It's like it's like, it's like a cross between Willy Wonka and the Omen. <laughs> who, who sends like a four-year-old out to, to the candy store to get candy in the snow in like fucking Bavaria? That's not criminal? I mean... Yeah, they, just go, go out and get me just a... Uh, Oh, oh, and apparently any, she's also the switchboard operator there in a small ass town. <laughs> oh, any kind of import candy bar. I, I'm not going to say a specific brand because different stores have different things. But <laughs> thank you, Clarence. <laughs> but not only that, though, they sit him there, and he's just, he's not taking it back. He's eating it right there in the store. <laughs> While she's like Klondike Five, how can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm turning from this movie. I don't know what it is, but it, it's it's already just like ugh. Well, enjoy this break, everybody. Yes. Wyakomi, that sounds like you have a bad cough. <laughs> I sure do, Turk. It's been plaguing me all day. Are you taking anything for it? No. <laughs> Here, try some of these deep throat lozenges. <laughs> <laughs> deep throat lozenges are better than your regular halls and methylephthys because the vapors go deep down into your throat, opening up the airway passages so more air and things can go in. Oh, well... <laughs> There, doesn't that feel better? Uh-huh. <laughs> Deep throat lozenges. Buy them wherever lozenges are sold. <laughs> You're I'm the one that made the, the, the gagging noises. I'm not cutting I, this out. This is just going to be our ad break. I didn't, I didn't ask you to put that in there. <laughs> you just decided, like, oh, hey, I'm going to put this in. Yeah, but yeah, no, at this point, I'm not cutting this out. This is just our ad break for this one, so... Well, don't you want to put in a real ad? No. Okay. <laughs> this this is worth losing a dollar over. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I, I wish they gave us a dollar. <laughs> the fact you wouldn't give a dollar is because more people aren't telling their friends to listen to us. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you, Mom. <laughs> Our moms think we're funny, but they're not very supportive. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're back, everybody. Uh, so, uh, so where were we? Uh, we were talking about uh, getting thrown through a plate glass window. Or no, through a greenhouse, right? Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, we were. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, Pulp Fiction, yeah, nothing. You know, and I we haven't mentioned True Romance, and the reason we haven't mentioned True Romance, or Mickey and Mallory. Natural Born Killers. Right. More reason I haven't mentioned those because those aren't directed by him. Yeah, correct. And because Oliver Stone rewrote so much of Natural Born Killers that it's like it's not even the same movie. Yeah, Tarantino wanted his name removed from writing credits for that one. So 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 I don't really... I'd rather kind of stay away from those two just because they're... I don't see them as being full... Um, Tarantino's. Yeah. Tarantino also wrote. Uh, Tarantino also wrote um, uh, from *Dust Till Dawn*, and even though it was directed by Rodriguez and stars Tarantino, again, it's not a full Tarantino in my mind because. Yeah. Speaking of which, *Reservoir Dogs* is on. Yeah, nice. About to come on. Um. So I. So I'm, I'm keeping those out of. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So where does that put us? Um. Uh. Jackie Brown again. Jackie Brown is a regular. Would I want to? Hmm. S- supposing like you could be in charge of the heist, or I mean, you know, like Sam- Samuel L. Jackson's character. Um, I can never remember. Ordell. Ordell. Yeah. I think he got fucked over because he lost control of the situation. 
And I think he lost control of the situation because he didn't handle himself very gracefully in that. So that might be something you could work around. But I think it's also just the nature of, of Wardell. He just doesn't know how to. Yeah. It's kind of like Melanie's always saying, oh, he'll tell anybody about the money he's got. He, you know, he's always trying to show off. He talks right, about, right. you know, like he knows a lot about guns and this kind of thing. Um, and he, and he, he purposely surrounds himself with fuck-ups. Mm -hmm. People that he thinks that he's better than to make himself look and feel like more of an important so yeah so melanie melanie's a priestship person he's like he's like yeah you can't trust melanie but you can trust melanie to be melanie right sharonda you know oh she's barefoot you know <laughs> and you know it's uh, dumb as a chicken coop right and then he's got the the woman that that steals his money right who, you know, who he uses you know just to you know as an occasional screw and stores all his like stolen possessions in. Cause in their house, she's got like right. stacks like DVD players and shit. Yeah. Um, Isn't that where he's got the line like, "Damn girl, how do you live like this?" No, that's the other girl. That's the that's crackhead the girl oh, who you okay. only see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just in that one scene. Um. And then of course he goes and gets his buddy Lewis out of prison. Or he gets out of prison. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring you in on this, Lewis." And Lewis said, "No shit, me. Lewis has been in prison how many times? Is a failed bank robber, right? Yeah." And then you got uh, Beaumont, Beaumont Livingston, who <laughs> isn't about shit. Yeah. So he purposely surrounds himself with these bad people. And then the one of the people that he thinks that he can control, which is Jackie, just because she's down her luck because of you know she tried to do the right thing by her husband or I guess him by herself too mm -hmm. and then she's put in the situation he thinks that that makes her less than him right. but he he completely underestimates her right. and underestimates right. the situation of oh you know when you when my back is against the wall and I have nowhere else to turn mm -hmm. you know you're going to see what I'm really about right yeah and he thinks that he's got the upper hand so he's not a smart man at all no uh, now so, if, if, since our prompt here is that, what can you do differently, then you you don't have to surround yourself with fuck-ups. Yeah, but that would have to, I'd have to take him so far back not to do that. I think I would just rather switch and just say, um, if it was going to be if it was gonna be Jackie Brown, I would go at Max Cherry. Mm -hmm. And when she asked me to go with her, I'd say yes. Oh, yeah. That, that would be it. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about that off mic, was that like... You you have Jackie Brown, you know, you've got Pam Greer saying, I've got a half a million dollars, I want you to come to Spain with me, and we'll just live it up. And it's like, yeah, let me think about that for a little bit. I really need to soul search. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they don't eat, they don't eat dinner until midnight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like the only thing he can come back with is the why. They don't eat dinner until midnight. <laughs> and he's like, you scared me, Max? A little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd be scared of her, but yeah, but it's it's like he says though in that scene when she when she asks him, um, when she says to him, you know, I didn't use you, and he goes, I know. He goes, and he goes, you know, I'm what you know, fifty or almost sixty years old. I can't blame anybody for you know what I get into other than myself. Right. Know? So right. so if he decided to go, it he can't blame anybody for it but but him. So even if he did that, it's it's a choice he's making. Mm-hmm. Even if it turns out that she does kill him or whatever, so and, so you wouldn't want to be Lewis. Uh, no. <laughs> Even though the idea of shooting Melanie would, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say Melanie deserved to be shot. She probably did deserve to get like slapped in the face because Melanie <laughs> is a piece of shit. You, you could have just hit her. You didn't have to shoot her. Man. <laughs> 
Well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Wait, where did you shoot her? Yeah, it's a, and she did pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. See, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, Lewis, if he hadn't shot Melanie, he would have lived and he could have walked out of that situation with some money. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think the Max Cherry thing would probably be the best course of action there. Um. So, what do we have after Jackie Brown? Uh, I see. I don't know the movies in order. I think after I think after Jackie Brown came Kill Bill. I think so. And uh, if we were going to be in Kill Bill, who would I want to be? Um. I mean, I don't have anything against being a woman, but I don't really know what it's like being a woman. So I just I wouldn't want to just automatically be like, yeah, I want to be her. Um. <laughs> Plus, the idea of having sex with David Carradine doesn't really um, do anything for me. Oh, uh, I know, I know, I know. Pai Mei. Pai Mei, okay. Pai Mei. And then I would just, uh, I just wouldn't let, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Go-Go? No, 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 not not Go-Go. See, you're throwing me off here. (laughs) Uh, California Mountain Snake. Um, Oh, um. Daryl Hannah's character. Shit, I'm drawing a blank here. California Mountain Snake. <laughs> yeah. So her, I just, I just wouldn't train her. That'd be it. <laughs> you know, snatching at her eye wouldn't be enough. Maybe snatch out both eyes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would want to like be the hero or like be a lead character in like any of those movies, honestly, except for the Jackie Brown thing, but. I mean, you sure you wouldn't want to be um, Esteban? Esteban, remind me of remind me of who he was. I'm, I'm Bill's adopted him. father. Hmm. Bill, he just he shoots you in the head. No, <laughs> me, I just cut your face. <laughs> now he is a monster. He's he, he <laughs> is, but he just like chills out at that uh, at that whorehouse, doesn't he? Yeah, because that's all you. Could... But uh, no, I mean. <laughs> Bill's a bad guy. He, you know, he he's jealous and possessive, and he shoots, you know, he he shoots B in the head. Mm-hmm. But Esteban, yeah, he's guy. He is a monster. He is, and I love the way that's that's portrayed in just that one scene where he calls a girl over, and you see her split lip and stuff, and it's like, oh god, you are, you're just evil through yeah. and through. Um, so I, I guess I could be that guy, but just not be evil. <laughs> then you just would, you would be that guy. Just just chill out and, and oh. live my life and be in my whorehouse. I got I got to. You know what? We could be in Kill Bill together. I could be Hattori Hanzo, and you could be my helper. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not bald. I shave my head. It's, it's a difference. difference. <laughs> That's pretty much the exact banter we do, anyway. So no, but you can. No, you can. Be, I think like I could be Pie Man. You could be Hanzo. That'd be awesome. That could work. Yeah. <laughs> and then we could have like an adventure, like you know, Pie Man Hanzo. I could beat him with Thurman in the head with a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I like baseball. <laughs> ah! <laughs> What'd you do that for? We're just having a conversation. Like, this is my hand. He's like, you stop his baseball with my hand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Django. No, no, I like I like to watch Django. I think it's really, it's a, really well it's done. It's a beautiful movie. movie, yeah. But I don't, I don't want to be anybody in that movie at all. <laughs> no. Nobody, not even Django himself. 
Um, so, not even was it Stephen? Uh, Sam Jackson, Sam Jackson's character, the butler. Oh yeah, well, I think I think that was Stephen. Yeah, yeah, not even him. <laughs> Michelle Candy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who I would want to be in Django. Hmm. This is the guy who's like, come on in out of the snowy snow. <laughs> Happy birthday cake. Isn't that the guy that played uh, Esteban? Isn't that Michael Parks? Um, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Django. I believe it is. <laughs> um, yep, that, that's who I would want to be. I wouldn't want to be anybody in Hateful Eight. No, God, no. <laughs> Nobody in Hateful Eight. And, and in Glorious Bastards, I guess Brad Pitt. Well, I mean, Aldo Reigns. Wouldn't you always be Brad Pitt given the choice? I mean, yeah. like I haven't even seen Inglorious Bastards. Like, oh yeah, I could be Brad Pitt. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. What, what movie would I not want to be Brad Pitt in? Um, um, that that high school movie, Cutting Class. Yeah, Cutting Class. Yeah, he still he still lives in the end. Well, yeah, but and I he mean, gets the girl. No, that's true. Yeah. But it's just a bad movie. It is. It is a bad movie. <laughs> so we, we can't remove him from it from the bad movie. But you know, <laughs> meet Joe Black. He used to be Death. Yeah, not so bad. Yeah, no, I could live with that. And plus, he, he used to be with um the hot chicky chick from Mallrats. So oh yeah, yeah, and she's British too. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, you definitely want to be Tyler Durden. And unfortunately, sure. I think she stopped acting because of. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to give him any dignity by saying his name, but because of that that guy. I think, if I remember correctly, she stopped acting because of that guy. Um, uh, like the that guy? The that guy. Shit. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not to get off on that thing, but it's so... it's. It was always disgusting, but it's even more disgusting with the more people come out mm-hmm. about this and be like, you know, me too, me too, me too. I as well. Sorry, I don't want to. I as well. I as well. I as well. And you look at these people and you're like, man, you know, it's like, and you think like, oh, I've always liked him as an actress. And I haven't, why haven't I ever seen him in any more stuff? It's like, oh, because mm-hmm. every time they got in front of the camera, it was like fucking horrifying, you know? Yeah. Because like, oh, the reason I'm here is because of this. And, you know, or, you know, whatever, you know, PTSD, whatever they had this stuff. I'm like, oh, God. And then like I said, there's so many people that I'm like, you know, yeah, God, some, what, a, what a monster. It's just, yeah, some people I just want to Rorschach. Yeah, I I think when it comes to sensing that person, I would just play the scene from Heavy Metal and it's like, hanging's not good for him. Burning's too good for him. He needs to be torn in any bitty pieces and buried alive. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. that would be the sense right there. Yeah, no, I just I just want to do the Rorschach thing. The and you know the scene I'm talking about with the kidnapper. Yeah, and not from the movie. <laughs> from the comic oh you know what <laughs> you can probably saw through your arm but you'll never get through the pipe in time Deadpool ooh the Deadpool scene he's like I'm just gonna you know take away the oxygen just enough to do this <laughs> and do that and that'd be it and just put him in there for life like that also the Zamboni scene he's <laughs> <laughs> being killed by a Zamboni <laughs> in five minutes <laughs> so but um so yeah and i think that's that's it um hmm. and then of course once upon a time in hollywood which i, I haven't seen yet, watched yeah which i hear that supposedly he's talking about doing 
a Netflix series mm-hmm. off of the TV show that Leonardo DiCaprio's character is in. Have you heard about that? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Um, so I was like, huh. And I was, I was watching something, I think it was on uh, IGN, and they were talking about it, and the uh, and they were like they were like, well, if you don't have you know Leonardo DiCaprio in the role, you know, and Brad Pitt in the role, then you know it's just it's like if I don't get a chance to see both of them, then it's it's you know it's not gonna be any good. I'm like, okay, first off, Leonardo DiCaprio is the actor, right? You, Brad Pitt is a stuntman. You're not supposed to see him. Yeah. So I was like, what do you fucking stupid? Right. You're, not, you're not gonna see him. <laughs> Have you never heard of stuntmen before? Because you, they're not—they're not showing them filming it. They're showing you the TV show completed. Yeah. So you're not supposed to recognize the difference between him and the stuntman. That's why they pick stuntmen and look a certain. Oh, yeah, see that—that that kind of stuff is really interesting because um, reading Jackie Chan's autobiography, you you hear a lot about stunt work and like all the finer points of that, and he talks about how like. You know, especially in Hong Kong, it's very different in Hong Kong than it is in American cinema. But, like, you know, you you get kicked backwards off of, like, a third-story balcony and have to, like, flip twice and land on your feet. And then you happen to, like, be facing at a certain angle so that the camera sees that you're not actually the actor. And it's like, oh, got to do it again. And it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's like, you know, if, remember, if, a stunt, if a stunt goes wrong, save the camera first. Right. And me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Jackie Chan. Did I tell you um, about his second trip to America? No. <laughs> so, um, you know, like his, his introduction, like, to America, like, uh, the American people first learned about Jackie Chan through uh, Cannonball Run. And, uh, th- you know, that was just, like, at a time in history when there was a lot of misconceptions and misunderstanding about Asian actors. So, like, his, his first time going there, you know, all the people interviewing him would always say the same things and ask the same questions, which was, oh, are you the next Bruce Lee? And do you know karate? And, like, th- those were the questions he always got, and he hated it, because he's like, well, first of all, no, I'm not Bruce Lee. I'm Jackie Chan. I don't want to be the next Bruce Lee. I want to be the first Jackie Chan. And, and didn't he say you like Wing Chun? Uh, no, it's just uh, Kung Fu. Oh. Um, so... So he's got all that going on, and he's like, and no, I don't know karate. Karate's Japanese. I'm from Hong Kong. My name means born in Hong Kong. I I am from Hong Kong. It's Chinese. I know Kung Fu, which is Chinese. So he just got, like, really frustrated with that. So his first tour through America, trying to, like, bring his movies over to America, was just a huge failure. So second time around, they're like, you know, his agency's like, we're going to give this another try. We really want to expand you to the American market. And he was, like, he was getting ready to go on for this interview and something clicked and he decided he was like you know what I don't want to do this <laughs> it's like I, I don't want to have to put up with this because these people just don't get me and they don't get what I'm about so he and, and you know and so much of a thing was like you know they hear that he's you know this amazing acrobat and they want to see him do tricks and he's like you know I'm not a trained monkey I'm not here to just like do tricks for people so you know they're, they're clearing the stage they get him out there onto the camera and the person doing the interview is like oh you know I understand you're a really big star in, in Hong Kong but uh, but you know I, I, I've never heard of you before today and he just goes I don't care he's like I'm a huge I'm the, I'm the biggest star in Asia that's a market of billions America might be a market of millions but you know what if nobody ever watches one of my movies I don't care it doesn't mean anything because I still have more money than anybody else and it's fine he just walked off camera <laughs> <laughs> His agency didn't appreciate that, but that was a great little anecdote. 
Oh, that's funny. But yeah, yeah, no, he he had some very interesting things to say about stunt work. Well, the uh, like when like one of his early movies, The Protector with Danny Aiello, mm-hmm. that movie's boring as hell. And you only get like a fight scene at the very end, and it's not like a, what we call classify as a Jackie Chan fight scene. Mm-hmm. It's pretty boring. Now, when I got to see Jackie Chan speak at William and Mary like a long, long time ago, that was kind of awesome. And he talked about the difference between doing a film in Hong Kong, doing one in America. He's like, "Yeah, I can't." He's like, "I try to do like a film, in, uh, a Chinese film, and an American film, mm-hmm. a Chinese film, and an American film, because my Chinese uh, and like Asian audience, they don't." They don't understand some of the stuff in American films, you right, know. Right. They, they don't. They don't get like some of the humor and things like that. And uh, and he goes. Plus, it takes so long to make a movie in America, which is one of the things that Jet Li, like when he did uh, like Kiss the Dragon and Danny the Dog, mm-hmm. um, also known as Unleashed, uh, it was because he was tired of waiting for them to get shit together. And it was like in like some scenes in Rush Hour, he was uh, he was like, okay, we're gonna do the scene here. Get the stuntman. He's like, stuntman, I don't need stuntman. It's like, and he's like, I'm gonna do this. And he goes, hop, 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 bam. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 Jack, you can't do that. And he's yeah, like, yeah. He's like, what? He's like, what? He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> they, it's like, they, we, you know, insurance is like, what is that? Just do it. Just pop, 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 bam. He's like, no, Jackie, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember he he talked about that, and he was like. That, like, the director was having a big argument with the insurance people. He was like, he's already done it off camera, like, five times. <laughs> just let him do it on camera. And they just they wouldn't let it happen. And he, he hated that. And he talked about how, like, you know, in America, they would do the talking scenes. And they would take, like, 20 days to shoot one talking scene. And then they'd shoot a fight scene in a day. And he hated that because in Hong Kong cinema, it's the opposite. You spend 20 days shooting the perfect fight scene. And then, like, yeah, you'll just knock out the dialogue in, like, a week. Right. So, yeah, he talks about that a lot. Um yeah, no, it's it's a very insightful book. It's just called I Am Jackie Chan. It's a very good book. So, uh, um, so how do we get from from Kill Bill to Jackie Chan? Uh, stunt doubles. Stunt doubles. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we've gone through everything. Um, Death Proof. I wouldn't want to be Stuntman Mike. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean. She, it's she, just a shame. She may, <laughs> she may be a little off her rocker right now, and I, and I would say she's definitely got a great excuse for it, um, you know, because of you know the new Voldemort and <laughs> um, and then her her car accident and stuff. But I've always had a soft spot for Rose McGowan, even hmm. though she is tainted because of the whole Marilyn Manson thing. I'm sorry, I just like you know, there's some there's some people once you've been with. I just can't. I'm just like uh, I can't. I can't have anything to do with you after that. So you know that doesn't mean that I don't still like her and don't still appreciate. Her. I'm just like right, yeah, right. I, I can't because of the whole Marilyn Manson thing. But anyway, um, and not even like you know Robert Regas can wipe that away. <laughs> but uh, that being said, like I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't be responsible for for hurting her like that <laughs> in Death Proof, even though that is a great scene. It's That's like a beautiful scene. Uh, that's a shame. See, <laughs> we're both going left. <laughs> um, I, I loved springing that on you during the uh, the Deadpool playthrough. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Do you think I should go left or right?" <laughs> uh, and uh, it, and I will say this: I love like stuntman Mike's his his demeanor. Mm-hmm. The, so when when she's like, uh, "Hey, you said you know you're off to give me a ride home," is like, "No." You asked if anyone, you know, could give you a ride home. And I said, yes. And it's like, so when I'm ready to go, if you still need a ride, then I'll take you. But, you know, I'm not ready to go yet. 
<laughs> and then when he goes outside and talks to, uh, what was it, Vanessa Ferlito, I think is the character name when he's uh, talking to her. Yeah, it's been too long since I've seen her. And he's like, uh, he's like, are you scared of me? It's like, is it my scar? And she's like, it's your car. He's like, oh. <laughs> Well, that's actually my mom's car. It was like he's he's so the way he, right. He is the way he carries himself off, and then of course the best scene is like you know, hey Warren, who is this guy? Stuntman Mike. Well, who the hell's Stuntman Mike? He's a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite my favorite line from that whole thing is, I guess it's just what makes him shoot his goo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Michael Parks. <laughs> Son number one. <laughs> That's fantastic. Really good stuff. All right, so, yep. Yeah, so, Tarantino-verse. Um, I think, ultimately, it comes down for me. Uh, it comes down to, I like to watch it. I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> and for me, if I could get martial arts training, I'd be okay. But uh, other than that, hell no. <laughs> hell to the no. <laughs> You know what? You know, we talked about possibly being, you know, uh, uh, Hattori Hanzo and uh, and his helper. Yeah. I'm afraid, though, that I would probably end up more like Ghost Warrior than Hattori Hanzo. And that would just be bad. <laughs> that would just be bad. <laughs> just get shot in the same same area every time and fall off a cliff every 400 years. <laughs> uh. So that's the thing. Is like I would, I would want to be... Hanzo or his helper, and then I would just wind up being the Charlie Brown guy. <laughs> oh, he does look like Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, John. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. We never said John. We just kept going. We would just say, like, Charlie Brown Drew. <laughs> See, we should have, we should have, we, we need to practice our fake Japanese. We, we do. Yeah. We must practice the Roo. Practice, John. Ah. All right, so we good here? Yeah, we're good. It's been about 50 minutes. Yeah. So yeah, well, uh, hey everybody, thanks for giving us a listen. And uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Thank you, Tarantino, for was, all of your great movies, and yeah. I look forward to so many more. I'm glad he's not retiring after ten movies or whatever it is he said he was going to do. Yeah, I was I'm, worried about that. I'm still looking forward to a Kill Bill three, and I am still looking forward to that Star Trek movie he was talking about making. Oh yeah, which would have been so fucking badass. I still want that. That would be really cool. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely. Tarantino, hit us up. We love you, dude. Yep. Come on the podcast. Oh, God, yes. That'd be that'd be amazing. That would be fantastic. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all very much. Later, y'all. Zang, yo. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.